it's just so funky, that new intro. Oh, I love it. You love to see it. You love to hear it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for watching out for the Pucknologist here. Episode 116 on your YouTube channel right here. I am AJ underscore strong on the social media tonight, of course. Joining me, Rocket Backhander. 500 is half of 1,000. Rocket Backhander. And Hockey Jerk. You know, I, I have to say, I don't, I mean, I know what you're trying to do here, but I don't appreciate you putting my face on the title card like that. <laughs> <laughs> don't know, don't care. Hey, everybody, do us a favor. Follow us on the social media, man. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, all those fun places. Don't forget to join us on the occasional Discord Southern California Police Chase channel that we've got going on. It's fantastic. If you'd like to support the show, use that super chat option for the chat. But we do prefer if you use Venmo at Teal Town USA. And remember, if you ever miss a show, you want to hear it again, find our content on your favorite podcatcher app. We're always there and always at TealTownUSA.com. So with that, we've got two Sharks games in the books, kids. A 4-3 shootout win and an embarrassing 5-3 loss. <laughs> so let's just a couple quick highlights. Uh, you know, in the, oh, in the shootout, we got Donato scoring. New Shark, hello. Logan Couture ends up getting what would be the winner. Uh, Hurdle got two goals and an assist in this one. Kane with a goal and two apples in this one. Leonard with two assists. And the funny thing is, we got Coach kicking himself because he didn't put Leonard on the four-on-three in overtime. Yeah, John John played very well for his first game. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm almost kicking ourselves for not putting him out there on the four-on-three because uh, that's, that's his game. And, uh, you know, you want to give the veterans a chance. You want to give the guys, uh, um, you, you know, your horses a chance. And and, uh, and they all played well, I thought. But uh, um, there's a guy that uh, came in, found a way to get a couple points in his first game. And, uh, you know, defensively, he was responsible. So I think as we move along here, you're going to see, uh, um, you know, some more added duties and, and uh, um, you know, it's a little bit of more ice time for sure. I think he deserves it. And, uh, you know, he's been one of our better players since day one. And, uh, um, you know, he's he's earned the right to, you know, to be on that line and, and to, uh, um, you know, be in the position to succeed. So, Rocket, uh, new cat in town, John Leonard. What are you thinking of this kid so far after two games? After two games, it's a wash. I I, it's still it's a small sample size I think as the boys like to say it's still too early the first game was such a different look than the second game and I can't say that there's um, enough consistency between the two to make any solid observations that aren't just simply passing uh, jerk I mean no boys like it when you call it small but what do you think <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I, I, I do agree I mean small sample size I feel like that should be that should be our mantra Right. Um, but I think at the same time, it's been and as far as I've seen, it's been two uh, impressive outings considering everything that's going on. Um, it's definitely a small sample size, but I don't think it's too early to be excited either. You know what I mean? Um, cautious excitement, but excitement, I think. You're right. <laughs> Some people asking why the fourth line was on the ice during that final minute when they're only up 3-2. But hey, what happens? Uh, social media, of course, lit up for EK65 for the tying goal and giving up a 2-on-0 in overtime that Jones did end up stopping. Uh, the EK65 defenders will point to a 32-plus minute time on ice. Uh, but our a scout spoke with our buddy Shang Peng and said... EK looked average at best, not assertive enough, not taking more control of the game from the back end. Now, Jerk, you say, you know, it's only a couple games, so let's see after 10, but this doesn't so help somebody that already has that kind of rep that Carlson has done so far. Meanwhile, Martin Jones stops 34-37 for a 9-19. Look, that, that's nice. That's what you want to see from Jones. And things would dramatically change in the next game in a 5-3 loss. Now the Sharks got destroyed in the face-off circle. And three of the Yotes goals come from the face-off. Uh, Jerk, do they do they practice face-offs in, in, you know, when they're not actually playing games? 
Well, so the idea is it doesn't <laughs> to win, right? To win the goal? Yeah, well, or to win the puck? Well, I yeah, I mean, obviously I don't know, you'd like to think that that they do practice faceoffs, but it's been I don't know, I feel like it's been well documented for years now where it's like the Sharks really only have one guy that's good at faceoffs and that's Tomas Hurdle. Um, and even he was abysmal at it. So you know, there was some guy uh, named Pavelski that was pretty good at one point. But... I don't recall who that is. Um, but I, I, I think if 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 you are gonna be brutal on the faceoffs, I mean, you have to lean on your wingers and your defensemen to come in and get the puck. And we just didn't see that, especially in the second game. I mean, it was kind of like, you know, before the faceoff was even lost, it was like, okay, let's just get ready for when we lose it. And I mean, I, I, I think faceoffs wins losses. I think it's a bit overrated, but that doesn't mean it's not valuable either. Well, we saw Stefan Nason come in for Yoel Shellman, uh, Marlow to center, and then Middleton in for Malash on defense. The score for me made this seem a little closer than it was. Jones, of course, gets yanked with 13 minutes left after saving 19 of 24 for a 792 save percentage. Uh, Rocket, what Jones do you expect to see more of this season? Game one Jones or game two Jones? Game two Jones, absolutely. There were a couple, I know, I know, it's not good, <laughs> but this is, it was really <laughs> representative because um, a couple of the times I looked at him, uh, like that third and fourth, uh, not the third, the third and the fifth goal especially, and I was like, he should have had that. He should have had that. And then I had to stop and look at it a couple times. And I'm like, okay, wait, where is the defense? Why Why are his feet not moving? So if this is the kind of defensive support Martin Jones is going to have for the rest of the year, and I don't think it's going to get more assertive from people who need to be more assertive, um, I think that we can continue to see this. And I think that uh, unfairly, not completely unfairly, but unfairly Martin Jones will take uh, far too much of the criticism for this when it's it's going to be the failings of other pieces of the system. <sighs> Go Sharks! <laughs> uh, of note, Ekman Larson from the Yotes is now on IR after this game. Also, Yoel Shellman. Uh, in fact, we're going to change Jerk's shirt for the next show, so it just says Yoel Shellman. Uh, actually, it's just going to say Yoel. But uh, Shellman was put on waivers. Uh, make of that what you will. However, we did speak with Kevin Kurz earlier this evening, and here's his take on what's going on, including a little bit about Yoel. And now we check in with someone who couldn't wait for the season to start, I'm sure, Kevin Kurz from The Athletic. Uh, after two games, what can we take away, if anything, good or bad? Yeah, you know, I, you don't want to read too much into it, I don't think. Just, you know, 10 months off and training camp in a whole other state and new systems, new coaching staff. So it wasn't pretty, um, I don't think, on on really either side. Um, you know, some guys look, looked better in the second game than they did in the first game. I think that's a, that's a good sign. I think the offense top to bottom – looked more like a four line attack in the second game than the first game. Um, you know, you see a rookie like John Leonard come in and, and, and that's a good sign. And, uh, you know, then you have Martin Jones, one good game and one not so good game. So, uh, you know, we'll, I, I want to at least give it a week here. Um, we'll see how they do against St. Louis, which again is, is, you know, maybe one of the top teams in the league, even though they got smoked the other day, let's see where they are against the blues here. And, uh, and then maybe we can make some more big picture evaluations just in my mind. Yeah, that first game between the Blues and the Sharks should be good after both teams kind of being a little embarrassed. Uh, obviously, the Blues a little bit more than the Sharks. Um, you got Hurdle, Meyer, Kane off to good starts, obviously. But we just saw Shellman put on waivers after starting game one. Uh, anything to read into that? Is that just like transactional? Yeah, you know, I think they just want to – I would guess they just want to move him down to the taxi squad and give maybe somebody else a chance. Um, you know, you've got Handemark down there. You've got Chemilevsky. Uh, and Chemilevsky, interestingly, was was with the big group um, for practice on – I'm losing track of days of the week. <laughs> Two days ago, whatever day that was, on Friday in Arizona. Um, so, you know, maybe he gets a look. Uh, 
We'll see. Um, you know, I, I guess Bob must not have liked that fourth line in the first game. And, and you know, they didn't really do anything. Uh, Marcus Sorensen, I thought, had a good game. But, um, you know, Shelman is a good two-way guy, but he doesn't bring much offensively. He had Marlowe there in that fourth line center spot last night. Um, you know, that line, I think, was all right. Maybe a little bit better than they were in the first game. But, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I think, you know, maybe it's just a signal that Bob's going to rotate through some guys and, and at the same time, he probably wants to make a point too. And and that is there's going to be competition for roster spots and whoever plays hardest on, on a nightly basis is going to be in the lineup. And if you play hard for two games, but not in the third game, well, you, you might be out for the fourth game. Um, and that's not, not to say guys weren't playing hard. I, I think as a team they were, but um, I don't think there's anything wrong with the coaching staff maybe sending a message early that, especially on those bottom two lines, that you're going to have to do something productive if you're going to stay in the lineup. Have you heard anything more about Shimmick? I mean, we know he's the last I've heard anyway, and I'm sure you've heard something newer, but uh, Shimmick's supposed to start tomorrow at St. Louis. Is that the plan right now? Still? Yeah, we didn't talk to Bob today, but he did say that yesterday that, that, that Shimmick's supposed to play on Monday. So, um, you know, we'll see. Eric Carlson right now is the league leader in, in ice time with, with, I think it was 29 minutes and 41 seconds per game. So, you know, obviously he wants to get that down. He doesn't want Carlson playing 30 minutes a night and Brent Burns the same thing. Um, you know, I think Nijov has done enough to stay in the lineup. Um, Middleton struggled last night. Uh, it, it was a, you know, the one goal came off of the turnover. I mean, maybe his pass was a little too hot or, or off the mark to Vander Kane. And then the second goal off the faceoff, the Chikrin goal, I believe it was, um, it was an icing by Middleton. And it's one of those things that you, you it, it, I'm glad I was there to watch it at the game because he had about three guys he could have passed the puck to and he missed all of them. And it went down <laughs> the ice for an icing something. I don't know if you pick it up on TV or not, but it's a lot easier to pick it up from my vantage point up top. Um, you know, it was a bad pass and icing come back, comes back down the other way and, and it's a goal against. So, uh, you know, those little things are, are the, are the sorts of mistakes that guys like guys like Middleton can't make if they want to stay in there. But uh, yeah, I think Simic's playing tomorrow. So, so that, that'll be, that should be a boost. Dylan Gambrell kind of just wasted it. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what's going on with this kid, man? I mean, yeah. Leonard comes in and just boom, boom, boom. And I mean, where do you slot him in at this point? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, before the season started, I had one major question for every player. And my question for Gambrell now is, is, is this time up here? And it's a valid question. And, um, you know, he starts out training camp playing center on on uh, a line with Patrick Marlowe. And so, you know, Marlowe was going to be in the lineup. You knew right away that, that yeah. Gambrell was putting put in a position to succeed right away in training camp on a line with Patrick Marlowe. Whether that was the third or fourth line, you know, I don't know what you want to call it. But certainly Marlowe was going to be in the lineup. Um, you know, and he worked his way down. Uh, he, he was Then he was a fourth line wing for one of the scrimmages. And then he was out of the lineup, obviously, altogether for these first two games. So... You know, Bob talked about Gambrell working on his power. You know, he, he's he's kind of a he's kind of slight in stature, Gambrell. He's not the biggest guy. Um, and you know, when, at the NHL level, I, I thought he get, gets pushed off the puck too easily, and and that's not something that that you can have, especially in a bottom two line. You know, on a bottom line, you you want to bring probably a little bit more physicality. Um, and it's not like he's scoring fifty goals a year either. So. Yeah, I, I wonder if his time is up. Now, you know, he's on a one-way contract, so the, the, the team is, is paying him an NHL salary regardless, and I certainly don't think anyone would claim him if they waived him. Um, yeah. So, you know, maybe just keep him around, and, and if, if certainly you're, this season with, with the pandemic still going on, you're probably going to need a whole abundance of players to slot in and play some games every once in a while, and, and I imagine he, was gonna, he's, he is going to play some games, but – um yeah disappointing uh second round pick 2016 i mean we're 2021 now so if, if you're not an nhl regular by this time you're you're gonna have a tough time breaking through yeah it's starting to feel like goldobin 2.0 to be honest <laughs> but yeah i think gambrell's got a better attitude and a little bit more drive than goldobin but uh you know it's it's tough to it's tough to play in the nhl so i hear <laughs> <laughs> so everybody was coming for Eric Carlson. You know, I, I don't know that there's been a more polarizing player on the Sharks. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you know, you've got 98 here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 98% of people coming after him say, you know, he's lazy or no, uh, you know, our buddy Shang had an article saying scouts are saying, you know, no pop. He does it. He doesn't look motivated. 
it's the guy's got to rep as a diva a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll play when I want to play kind of a thing. But can you take the highest paid NHLer uh, on defense? Mm-hmm. Can you, can Bugner, how does Bugner send him a message maybe saying, you know what, I want to see more from you? I don't think he's a guy you send a message to because you're going to have to sink or swim with him because you're not going anywhere without him. And, you know. Well, do you think any of those people on social media have any type of a point or is it just fans blowing smoke? Yeah, they have a point. The guy's the highest paid defenseman in the league. Um, now, I'm not going to bury him after two games uh, here. <laughs> but, you know, part of the problem with Carlson the last two years is basically the first year he came in, he had to play himself into shape. And that was a little concerning because, you know, you, you, these days you'd like to see a guy come in and be ready to go. And, and he wasn't. And, and then we saw him settle in and he was dominant for, for about two months. Um, you know, last season, last season, I, I think he, he again struggled early. He, he had maybe on top of, of um, not having a good camp, he has the baby come on opening night. So that throws a whole nother monkey wrench into, into, you know, you, you got to remember there, there's, there's life stuff going on with, with a lot of these guys. Um, that's not making an excuse. You know, you're making 11 and a half million dollars. Um, you find a way to contribute. And it's not like Carlson was awful last year. I mean, he, he still, he still, he was, he still had some nights where he dazzled, um, you know, maybe. And, and I remember talking to him at one point, a couple of years ago, he even said he's notoriously a slow starter um, now in a 56 game season, you can't really afford to have the guy get off to a slow start. Um, but again, I, I, you know, he's one of those guys, I think we're get, let, let's, let's at least give him a week here before we, we come into come up with any major, uh, you know, breakdowns of his game. Um, but you know, Bob said from the start, he, he's, they need him from the beginning of the year. They didn't have him at the beginning of the year last year and they didn't have enough of them from the beginning of the year last year. And, Obviously, if this team's going to do anything, uh, he's going to have to lead the way. All right. And uh, last time I saw, what, I think you went 10 for 14 on your picks there. How are you doing so far? I did. Yeah, I'm going to do we're, – we're having fun with that. I think, uh, you know, you might see some more of that company-wide coming up. I'm, I'm not sure where that where that stands. But, uh, I, yeah, I wanted to get – I like that stuff. So, I'm going to – I think I'm doing more picks this weekend. So, I'll probably go four for 14 the next time. <laughs> how'd you do this weekend in football uh i didn't touch football this week no how did you do i, I didn't do it either <laughs> yeah. uh, well thanks a lot kevin at kevin or i'm sorry at k Kurz nhl on twitter and of course theathletic.com thanks again for joining us man okay you got it aj take care so obviously a lot to unpack there uh jerk i will start with you is Gambrella shark by the trade deadline? <laughs> Yikes. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like Dylan Gambrell. I might be one of his few fans left. Um, but yeah, like Kevin said, you know, it's, he was a 2016 second round pick who left college early to become a professional. And since then hasn't really done a lot um, at the NHL level. Obviously, the AHL is kind of a different story. Um, but Hobie Baker winner, yes. Um, I I can't you know I can't recall if he was a Hobie Baker winner. He may have been nominated. I'll have to research that and get back to you. Right. Um, but it's I don't know. Like I said, he's got the talent, but there's just something where it's like he can't just seem to put it together. And I I do wonder if maybe let's say the Sharks are a good team at the trade deadline. Maybe he's a piece similar to Danny O'Regan where you throw it in to try and pull an upgrade, or maybe it gets to a situation where he's just like, you know what? Here's not working for me. I want to go somewhere else. And I don't think either of those a are totally unrealistic options and B I mean, I wouldn't blame him if if that's what he wanted to, to do. Like Kevin said, you know, playing in the NHL is difficult and he struggled here, but I mean, that doesn't mean he is going to struggle to some somewhere else. I mean, he could, but he also couldn't. So <laughs> he could. <laughs> uh, on the chat right now, uh, if I can figure out how to add it, there we go. Uh, from Enmire2200, has anyone else noticed Eric Carlson taking his sweet time moving the puck on the power play? particularly in the first game, overtime, maybe he was tired, but damn, no urgency. Okay, Rocket, I mean, the guy did throw down 32-plus minutes time on ice in that one, but uh, 
Is EK a slow starter? Is EK not motivated? Did he get his cookies and he's like, yeah, I feel good now. Uh, you know, screw everybody else. If he's, <laughs> if he's a slow starter, then he's a slow starter. I don't think that, um, you know, he, he began to develop his game as a, as a young man and developing through teenagers and, you know, all this other stuff. He's had that habit. That is his gig. And it's not going to change now. So, yeah, maybe he's a little out of shape, like just out of, you know, sorts. I, he's not ready. He ain't ready. Maybe by game 36, he'll be ready. That's cool. I mean, if that's <laughs> if if that's his style and that's what gets him paid, then make your coins or. Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. Uh, we do have a question from Jumbo Polini. Anyone know why Mike Ricci is behind the bench? Also, don't see John Madden behind the bench. Is he the eye in the sky? No. Uh, jerk, if memory serves, what, Dan Darrow, eye in the sky? Yes? Um, well, Dan Darrow is the video coach. Um, but the the reason why Mike Ricci is behind the bench is because uh, John Madden he, um, is still sorting out, like, immigration and visa stuff. So Yeah, he's having um, visa problems. He's... he's fine with American Express and Discover. Visa, there's a problem. But yeah, so basically, you know, he's not at the moment he's not authorized to work in the US, so he the only thing he's allowed to do is just observe. He's um, not authorized once, to work in the US. Oh, okay. So he can that, be president. Is that Eric but but is once that, is the that Eric Carlson's oh, problem? <laughs> but you know, once the <laughs> once the visa issues are sorted out, you know, he'll go behind the bench and obviously Mike Ricci will go back to the press box. Uh well, I mean, that that pretty much kind of wraps up two games. Of, I mean, you know, it's two of, what are we doing? 58, right? Six. 56. 56. Okay, 56. Now, 56 if we're, if everything goes correctly. You know, if all goes well. Uh, you know, I spoke to Drew Remenda earlier. He thinks that's a little optimistic. A scotch pie in the sky, if you will. But we'll see if we get there. Either way, two games. Let's wait till we get to game 10, game 12. Then, I don't know, maybe we can start anointing John Leonard as like the next big, you know, like the team's next Teemo or something along those lines. And then we can also take a moment to burn Eric Carlson in effigy. Maybe so? I don't know. Remains to be seen. There's still a couple other players that we uh, have to take a look at. Uh, you know, he was, when I spoke to Kerr's, Earlier, a couple things off air was, uh, you you know, you're going to have to take a look at some guys like Shmulevsky. Uh, you know, hopefully maybe Gambrell gets a look and maybe that, because like Curtis pointed out, the dude's getting NHL coin. Why are you paying a guy NHL coin if you're not going to play him? You know what I mean? Am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're, you're right. I mean, uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm... Could you pronounce that correctly? You right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just think I, with scratches and everything like this early on in the season, I don't really think it's, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely worth talking about, but I don't know if we need to sound the alarm or anything like that. I mean, not yet. You know, there, there's a reason why the NHL allowed teams to have a taxi squad this year. You're going to need the full 23 man roster plus another handful. So, just because Gambrell is scratched, I don't think that means he's just dead in the water. Um, you know, as we've seen, I mean, Yoel Shellman is on waivers to go to the taxi squad. Maybe Gambrell's the guy that jumps in. Maybe Frederick Hendemark gets the call up. I mean, maybe he's Sasha, maybe Chemlevsky. I mean, who knows? It, it could be anybody. It's it's game three out of 56 during a pandemic where rosters are expanded. I don't think we need to panic because somebody's a healthy scratch. Well, well, again, we, we get a nice full slate of games until next week. So two versus St. Louis, two versus Minnesota. Remember, this is a, a Alex Stalock-less Minnesota Wild, so anything can happen there. So uh, they're Alex unlocked Minnesota. Oh, ho, 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 me likey. I like it. Um uh, so we can come back to the Sharks in just a minute, but I think first let's uh, let's kind of take it around the NHL for a moment because there there were some things that happened. 
All right. You know, you, you finally, after waiting how many months, especially if you're the seven teams that did not make it to the bubble, you've had some time. And I don't know who runs the Jumbotron in Colorado, but God love you, man. I mean, I understand you have to do testings. But Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> I mean, you're just going to like throw down a game of solitaire while you're waiting for stuff to happen? That is genius, my friend. Absolute genius. I love this. This is one of the funniest videos I saw going around. I love Colorado's arena board up. This is, oh my God. Y- you so cool. <laughs> no. Speaking of the Avalanche, uh, they scored so hard on the St. Louis Blues the other night. That game should have been streamed on Pornhub. Five power play goals and an 8 nothing undressing. Even Don Skoy scored. Uh, let me ask you this, Jerk. Did, uh, <laughs> did, did Jordan Bennington look nervous to you? A little bit. A <laughs> little bit. Rocket? Just saying. Have, have you ever had an issue with the nervous Bennington? Uh, no, all my Benningtons have been, uh, medicated, so they're pretty, pretty mellow. Oh, so yeah. not nervous. Yeah. I feel not you. anxious, not nervous, cool Benningtons. All right. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Peter Laviolette, during this time down, uh, head coach of the Capitals, he, he's on Netflix, people. He is on Netflix, and he has perused the library and has decided that Cobra Kai is his favorite show. And he decided to introduce that to his players. And so Cobra Kai, you know, they're known for strike hard, strike first. It's all about offense, where Miyagi is always about karate is for defense only. So here you go. Uh, evidently, this is what happens when you're the offensive and defensive players of the game. You get the Cobra Kai headband if you're all about the offense, but you get the Miyagi-Do <laughs> headband if you're head of the defense. Now, as you can see there, there's a player in this photo that uh, Rocket, shall we say, is preferable to. Uh, do you like watching your boy in, in – are you paying attention to your boy in Washington? Uh, what kind of question <laughs> is that? <laughs> I um, – yeah, I do. I watch his game. I watch the Caps games, and I follow Dylan's game for sure. I think what I really find the most fulfilling – I mean, I'm glad he's finding success with the team in his career and, you know, new marriage and all the fun stuff. But I think what really makes me happy is seeing how much love he gets from the Caps fans. And that, to me, is the most important because it was the one thing that, as Sharks fans, we failed to give him in the start of his his time here. And so I, I want Caps fans to give him everything that we didn't as Sharks fans. Let me ask you this. Your favorite Dylan with wax on or wax off? Oh, wax off. Okay. Always wax off, Dylan. Always wax off. I like it. Uh, if you guys did not see this, oh, my Lanta, as Jerk likes to say, there was a game <laughs> between the Penguins and Flyers. And in this game, Travna, Travis Konechny had a hat trick. When you have a hat trick, usually kind of a big deal, right? And that ended up being overshadowed by Jakub Voracek in the post game who absolutely destroyed a Philadelphia Inquirer writer during the post game and oh yes this was on live TV folks Mike Sielski you're on go ahead yeah this question is for Jake um, two games in Jake how different does the season feel if at all given the circumstances of the offseason and the condensed schedule and everything doesn't matter what I say, Mike. You're going to write fucking shit every time. So it doesn't matter what you say. Uh, yeah, it feels different. I mean, we got four points out of the first two games. Uh, I, I wasn't even going to answer your question because you are such a weasel. It's not even funny. Next question. Charlie O'Connor, you're on with Jake and Travis. Go ahead. Uh, Travis, uh, in game one, um, you obviously almost had that goal. It went off Oscar's head. Um, how good did it feel to get back on the... 
Let's be honest. The best part of that video is watching Konechny trying to hold it together. <laughs> Absolutely. That's 100%. Oh, my God. Are you so – I mean, we remember like Dan Boyle in a post game when he played for New York just straight up saying – Dude, telling a writer, nobody likes you. Nobody respects you. Just get the hell out of here. And I, I I, think, can we take one thing out of COVID and say, you know what? All post games must be live and on TV. <laughs> like, no editing, no filtering. Just go. Like, okay, you want a seven-second delay so you can bleep stuff? Sure. But I am all about making stuff live. This is like the one cool thing that has happened because of COVID. Okay. Just say it. Uh, one more thing. Well, a couple more things. Anybody know who Carson Soucy is? Yeah. Okay. Who doesn't? <laughs> well, is he you... a Zamboni driver? No, but oh. he is now known for being the person who scored Dustin Brown's 300th goal. <laughs> Brown behind Ooh. and right there. Wow. That quickly. Oops. You can see how Kempe had watch him fight. He fights to get his position here. Fights to get his stick in a position where he can make it happen. It doesn't look like it's his stick. <laughs> That's got to suck when you score your 300. Oh, wait. Somebody else scores it for you on the opposing team. <laughs> well, it's it, it's like they mm-hmm. always say, you know, they don't ask how. They ask how many. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm... you just respect a man so much, you know, you just want to help him a little bit in his career. Yeah. Even even funnier is so uh, in that game originally Adrian Kempe got um, got credited with that goal um, <laughs> and it was taken away. The following Kings game, Adrian Kempe credited with a goal, taken away. So uh, he's 0 for 2 um, on goals this year. Uh, been credited for two and had two taken away. So uh, I don't know when the play- the Kings play again. Um but I'll be watching. <laughs> if it's not today or if it's not tomorrow, it's the day after <laughs> with the schedule. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Every other day. Uh, and then kind of finally to kind of wrap up things around the NHL. Uh, if you ever get to an NHL game, if you ever feel like you might be just a scotch hungry, you probably don't want to stand behind this bench. I mean, I'm not talking about subliminal advertising. By any stretch. I don't even know where this came from, to be honest with you. So uh, I found this on Twitter, forwarded along somehow. So if anybody can give me like the backstory on why <laughs> there's a guy with the last name French and the last name Fries, and they're both next to each other, I would certainly appreciate an explanation. Jerk, you so speculated I did, I that... Actually... Oh, you looked this up, oh, did you? So I, Yeah, so I actually did the research, and originally I thought it was... You know, a situation where it was like a nickname night or some kind of funky AHL theme night, Nick, favorite food night or whatever. Um, But as it turns out, um, these two players play for the Knoxville Ice, um, which I want to say is the Southern Pacific League. And uh, it, it turns out these players are... Josh French and Connor Fries. So these, these are real people. <laughs> wow. You love to see it. Well, I mean, I don't think it's completely unimaginable considering that there are two separate individuals from two separate countries who are both named Sebastian Ajo, you know, who, who, who play. So it's if you have interesting last names, uh, that makes it. Why not? All right. Uh, any other fun happening since the beginning of the season from either of you? Anything that stood out, or are we kind of kind of good there? Um. Well, I don't I mean, know. A lot Mc, of, didn't McDavid already have a hat so trick? Quick. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say everything is happening really quickly. Um, <laughs> Jerk's you know, all pressed like, because there's like five games happening at the same time. Yeah, and they all go to intermission at the same time, mm. um, which is ridiculous um so keith yandel um he ended up i don't know if you guys followed that drama at all but um it it should be said too he was florida's best defenseman last two years so not exactly a slouch and over the 
the training camp, you know, he was skating with like the taxi squad and the healthy scratch guys. Um, and so it's kind of like, wow, like he was your best defenseman. Now he's not even in the top six. Like, what are you doing? But also, you know, he has the NHL Ironman streak right now. He's played 866 games in a row. And it looked in doubt, you know, he was going to be scratched or, you know, he almost got traded over the summer. And then on Saturday, the uh, <laughs> the Florida Panthers version of Shang Peng tweets out that <laughs> Yandel is with the main six. And so it's like, oh, the drama unfolds. So Panthers played tonight, if you're listening live. Keith Yandel got in the lineup, so the streak's alive. Chief also scored a goal. <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh i believe that's called a fuck you <laughs> i was gonna say that's called a how are you doing exactly <laughs> and, you know sonked him right there <laughs> nice okay let's uh move the ship along a little bit uh we do have a few announcements we'll go through these real quick hey the nhl finally confirmed if you have been paying attention at home, that there will be some outdoor games happening in Lake Tahoe this February. Somehow they forgot to include the San Jose Sharks, but the Colorado Avalanche and Vegas Golden Knights will play in Lake Tahoe February 20th, the Bruins and the Flyers the day after. Now the interesting thing about this is Gary Bettman was actually asked about San Jose not being involved, and he kind of sidestepped the question a little bit. And evidently the Sharks asked about playing a game like the weekend after. Like, hey, why don't we keep the ice intact and all of this and allow us to play one of our games out there? That would be kind of fun. And and obviously the fans are not going to be allowed, but might goose the viewers at home, the rating a little bit. Is there any way you could hold on to that ice for a couple days? And they said, nah, it's just for this. So... Fine. It is what it is. I'm dying to watch this, but if anything, if this goes off without a hitch, hey, maybe we see the Sharks playing an annual, semi-annual game in Tahoe. Oh, I'm there for that. Thank you very much. Uh, The last show we talked about, Centennial Bank filing suit against Shark Evander Kane one day later is reported that Kane is filing for bankruptcy. This must be a spectacular amount of debt. I think it was somewhere in like the 20s, millions? 20, I believe it's 28.6 million. Oh, uh, hold on. My money phone's ringing. I'll be right back. Oh, hey now. Uh, now, the interesting thing about the filing, uh, it mentioned Kane not, m- might not play this season, but obviously he's been in the first two games, and, and Bugner kind of dispelled that myth real quickly. Look, we're not going to get into... I'm just passing this information along. I'm not going to get into any of this. Uh, But I can speak from personal experience. When you get a solid amount of coin at a very young age, it's a lot to take. And Evander Kane, not the first athlete to have money problems. Won't be the last. As they say, more money, more problems. We'll see what happens there, but uh, no judgment, just passing along the information. Now, the last show we talked about the Sharks and the NHL adding sponsor names to their helmets. I asked if this could be the beginning of something more and whether this would only be until arenas can allow full capacity. Recently, Sharks VP Doug Bentz spoke with Silicon Valley Business Journal and called this a one-year trial, but speculated that it could become a multi-year initiative. Rocket, uh, how, how are you good with this? Did you even notice over those first two games, any games that you watched over the beginning of the season till today, have those advertisements, sponsor names, have those even like tripped your wire? Or are you just like not even paying I mean, attention? I- I see them, but they don't look really any different than the helmet manufacturer name that's on there. You know, it's it's no different than seeing um, Easton or seeing Bauer. Now you just see another name. It's just another name. But I don't think it takes away from the overall silhouette of the sport. I don't believe it's distracting. They're not adding LED lights. There's no sort of hocus pocus involved with it. It's just a thing. And I told you it would be part of uh, something bigger where it's like um, they would add it on as like the ultra mega tier of sponsorships 
and only offer it as like a, a really super lucrative way for them to get sponsorship money. So I don't think you're going to see mom and pop stores, you know, uh, local sponsors on the helmets. I think it'll only be reserved for the deep pockets. And that's good well, because if, if the deep pockets are there, that means that the number of ads that are going to be put on that helmet is limited. And it, it, it should also be said to um... – so Gary Bettman was on TSN radio last week, mm-hmm. and the point that he hammered home was not a way – this is not a way to make more money. It's a way to keep money that we have already had set aside essentially, where it was like, okay, you know, you need to increase your ad exposure or we're not going to be able to give you all of the money that we said we were going to give you. There you go. So That makes sense. Because of that wording – it makes me think that it's like it's just a it's a temporary solution and then you know once everything's back on track it's going to go away but honestly even if it did stick around i mean who cares it's barely noticeable as i said last yeah. week the barracuda have had an ad on their helmet for the last 2 years and i guarantee you 50% of their fans have not even noticed so i think know. what we're saying is that like capital one zoom they're all going to start making helmets at some point <laughs> 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 it might be a lucrative uh, business venture for them. Who knows? Right? Nice spin-off business. Uh, sure. Moving on, the San Jose Sharks claimed Rudolph Balser's off waivers, one of the many pieces traded to get EK65. Uh, jerk, do you care? Uh, I do <laughs> care, actually. What's he bringing um, back? Uh, well, he's Well, he's going to center that third so line for the CUDA? No, he's I'm sorry, young. No, um... You know, he was somebody that I think his first year with the Barracuda, he, I mean, he impressed a lot of people, 48 points in 67 games. That's not bad, especially as somebody who's from Latvia and then played in the WHL. How much do you hear about those guys? Mm -hmm. Um, So did well in his first year with the Barracuda and, you know, has some NHL experience. You know, he's played 51 games. He's got six goals and 11 assists. So... You know, based on what's already happened, I don't think he's going to wow you. But I think as much as everybody talks about Josh Norris and, you know, the 2020 first round pick um, and for some reason Chris Tierney, you know, I think a lot of people and I think Kevin Lacey is one of those people who will say that will say (laughs) Rudolph's Balsers is the one that got away. And and now he's back. Not Josh Norris. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, dude. I love Josh Norris, but I don't think Balsers was by any means a throw-in. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, just based on the rules and regulations of everything, he has to play in the in the NHL with the Sharks. Um, if they want to send him to the taxi squad or the AHL, he has to go on waivers again. And I'm 100% certain that Ottawa would reclaim him. Um, so it's kind of a only one option situation. But, you know, he kind of had – he's had limited success while getting kind of buried in Ottawa a little bit. Maybe comes to a team where it's sort of like every job is up for grabs. Maybe he does something. Mm. All right. I'm excited. Then. Let's see here. We got a comment that says, when does the CUDA put out their schedule? Well, we know the AHL is supposed to start at the top of February, but yeah. that's <laughs> we'll see if they get there. Yeah. It's, mm. a, que- it's a question I share – it there there was God, well, at least what five teams that have already opted out, like they're not even gonna play. Yes, there were. Um, let me see really quick. There well, were I mean, we don't need three get... teams. Three teams. Oh. Three teams that opted out, and so. But none of them know, are. Run... None of them are in the Barracuda's division, correct? That is correct. They're all on the East Coast. Um, Pussies. So, so it, it's forced it's forced a lot of NHL teams to strike temporary um, agreements and you know to share AHL teams and that kind of stuff. And you know you're saying, oh, when's the AHL season going to start? Um, or I should say, when the schedule going to come out? Well, like you said, season starting February 5th. But who knows if we'll even get to that point? Because I believe the Ontario Reign were supposed to play a preseason game against somebody coming up here pretty soon, and that's already been postponed. I didn't like the way you phrased that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit. What did I say? <laughs> you were just kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll get there. Like you're like, I don't know that we're all gonna see February fifth. Like <laughs> it might be end of days. <laughs> well, I don't know. I but mean, you that's know, really not, not, not to, out. Yeah, that's not outside. I was gonna say the not to of... take it, 
I was gonna say not to take it down <laughs> another path, but you know, as we all know, January twentieth. Yeah, be I was a big gonna day, say so. if we all see January twenty first, I think we're all gonna be kind of like, hey, yay, feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the uh, Sharks launched the Sharks Audio Network. We talked with Ted Ramey last week about that. Uh, Rocket, have you tried it out at all? No. Okay, then. Jerk, have you tried it out at all? Uh, I have not, but I listened to your interview with Ted Ramey, and it sounds like something that will make the Sharks app better and more interesting. Mm-hmm. And so once you know, once they kind of get all their content off the ground, I think it'll be something really interesting to check out. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be honest. The only thing I listened to is that they did a preview show with Ruzi, Han, and Hedekin. Uh, that's all I've listened to. I watch games. I don't listen to them on the app. Yep. But based on the interview that Ted did with us, it sounds like as time marches on, they will introduce more and more new content. So, yeah, I'm excited to see that, especially – if they allow push notifications where it's like, hey, Ruzanowski just spoke with this, uh, you know, did 20 minutes with Timu Solani or Randy Hahn just, I don't know, told you how to deliver cupcakes correctly. I, something along those lines. It, it could happen. Uh, but along with that, Mark Smith joined Ruzanowski on the call for the first two games and Scott Hannon slid in for Hedekin on the TV side of it because evidently Hedekin had to quarantine uh, because I guess he had traveled or something. So, uh, Rock, if you've watched these games, your thoughts on Hannon's call? Um, okay. Oh, shit. Here we go. Uh, he's going he's gonna to take a little bit of time, which makes me nervous because he's not new to this show. You know what I'm saying? Like, he should... She kind of already have a slight grasp of things. I think he's a little bit behind the curve. Um, hopefully, he'll he'll be a fast learner and catch up. He needs to expand his vocabulary beyond, yeah, put the puck in front of the net, and good things will happen. I swear to God, if we start taking shots every time he says that, we're going to be drunk before first intermission, and we'll have the ambulance called on us for alcohol poisoning before the third. Like, it's... Um, All right. I, God bless you, Scott. I love you. You're a wonderful guy. You're you're one of the San Jose's best hockey dads. And anybody who doesn't know that, you're dumb. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, he's got some homework to do. Jerk, any issue? No, I, I kind of agree with Rocket. It it, sound, it almost kind of sounded like it was it was Randy Hahn and, you know, a cassette recording of Scott Hannon. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but that said, I mean – I, I think there's room for improvement, but I think it's the same thing with Kendall Coyne last year where it's like just because you can improve doesn't mean that you're like the worst person to ever wear a headset. Fair. Um, so I think it's fine. I think once Brett Hedekin, once he gets, you know, whatever, you know, personal issues he's dealing with sorted out, you know, he'll obviously swing back into that co-chair and, you know, Scott Hannon can go to the radio and, you know, get things rolling there. You know, the radio's nice. You only got to provide your voice. You don't have to be a presence on TV. So that's certainly a positive. You can focus more on, you know, speaking uh, as opposed to how you look. Oh, something you would know a little bit about. Oh, hey, now. (laughs) Yikes. Just saying, I'm just saying there's a reason the site survived through the shutdown. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I like Tannen, but yeah, he needs reps, but I'm good with that. Uh, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. absolutely not. Uh, so I'm going to toss out this piece of information and then walk away for about two minutes because I don't want to be involved, to be quite honest with you. So, uh, Jerk, Dep- Depending uh, on what it is, two minutes might be too long. Okay, yeah. but Jerk, I'm going to throw it to you, and then Rock, you can follow up. The San Jose Sharks have announced a Teal for Change Council regarding social justice things and go well i think i think it's good i think you know it's it's good to be ahead of the curve on this kind of stuff and to use your platform oh i think somebody just ran something over outside my house um it's good to use (laughs) it's good to you you know use your platform to instill positive change and you know, it, I, I've always contended that, you know, the tagline hockey for, is for everyone is kind of an empty, it's kind of an empty statement. 
Um, but I think something like this is what gives that a little bit more filling, a little bit more meaning. So I, I think that obviously goes a long way there. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you simplify it, 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 it's all about just treating everybody fairly and respectfully, and I don't think that's some big crime. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think if you're going to shit on someone, you should shit on someone for who they are, not for some superfluous reason because, you know, their thumbs are too big or something like that. It should be something mm-hmm. that they've done. All right. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, finally, the Sharks gave Marlo the A patch left by Thornton. As Jerk and I, I think, kind of obviously assumed, despite some saying maybe Vlasic or Kane, I don't know how you don't give it to Marlowe. I mean, dude's going to break a significant record. Guy's got seniority. Wow. I think you might be the only person who cares about that record. Who, who uh, is saying the that they marketing have given that to Kane? Uh, no, I know. I, I'm only just busting on you because you're the only person I've heard mention it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, I know how marketing works, my friend. Oh, uh, sure. R- of course. R- Who doesn't? R- Rocket, what if they give it to Kane and he's able to like get people to sponsor it to work on his financial difficult? No, okay. Here's the, okay, here's I'll the let thing. It go. <laughs> Evander Kane led the NHL in penalty minutes last season. So put a big so, P there instead of an A. <laughs> I'm like, I'm saying, how are you going to be able to be an alternate if you're either out of the game because you've been ejected or you're sitting in the penalty box? Just Solid asking. point. Solid point. Uh, so let's finish things off here. Look, everybody knows I enjoy my rants. I have them from time to time. And I have one tonight. Can we get a season-long moratorium? on using social media to ask people, what jersey should I wear? You're a grown-ass adult. Stop fishing for likes. Same with the, what player should I get put on my jersey? Now, myself, Eric Cura, hockey jerk, Ooh. we're kind of... I believe his name is Fumbles. Oh. oh. Uh, <laughs> we're kind of hockey jersey aficionados. We kind of dive in on that. And so if... If I'm asking what player should I get put on my jersey, it's because I've literally run out of names at this point because I have so many. But when it's like one person, you know, when it's somebody who's got, well, I've already got a Thornton jersey. Who should I get the name? If, if this is something that you need to ask everybody, stop. Okay? The other thing, why do some fans think that Facebook, the fan page for the Sharks, is, is Google? I mean, I see things posted on there like, who's John Leonard? Is Malosh, or I'm sorry, Malosh, related to former California SEAL Giles Malosh? Um, have you ever considered using Google for these questions, or I don't know, listening to a Sharks podcast? Or if you're in, instead of asking who is John Leonard, maybe you could, I don't know, go to a, a website that may feature this information. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wait, wait, what is that? I've never, I've never heard of that. What is that? <laughs> It's a little website called Teal Town USA. It has a nice background article about John Leonard at UMass, so you don't have to ask people who's John Leonard. Maybe just stop using the Sharks Fan Facebook page as Google, please. I beg of you. Don't use it as a source for rumors either. Or uh, what we're saying is don't use it. <laughs> I think that's fair. That's a fair message to send. Yes, I support that fully. Oh, dear Lord. Uh, there we go. You got it, Tiger. Uh, so what do we got coming forward, people? Two versus St. Louis, then up to Minnesota after an embarrassing loss by both the Sharks and the Blues in their last outings. First game should be fun. Uh, I mean, Rocket, what are you going to look for in the two versus St. Louis? I mean, obviously there's some playoff history there, but there's also some couple new faces on both sides. Uh, do you think Dubnik gets a start in this? That's a good question. Uh, I don't think so. I, I think that they're just going to ride Jones into the pavement. I think that everything they've said is smoke. I think, I think at the end of it, they don't trust Dubnik to start. Not unless Jones is broken into 10 pieces. Um, yeah. 
I, I, sorry, I, I don't mean to be so doomy and gloomy. It's just this is who I'm turning into as a fan. Um, I think from from St. Louis, I, I would expect them to be a little bit heavier hitting. So I want to see them finish their checks. I want a little bit more physicality out of this matchup than I saw between Arizona and San Jose. Uh, it felt a little bit like they were kind of still just touching, pushing each other. You know, they they weren't really <laughs> trying to engage. I want to see some engagement. All right, Jerk, I'm going to throw the question from John. John, thank you so much, John, for your donation (laughs) on the Super Chat. How bad will tomorrow be between the Sharks and the Blues? And I cannot stress this enough. I don't know if John John is actually referring to the game or just life in general, but let's just talk about the game. Well, um... Because I don't think anybody can tell you how how bad tomorrow is going to be. (laughs) Yeah. I no, I think tomorrow. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you. Yes, the Sharks will lose. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave the uh, the doom and gloom, as Rocket said. I'm gonna leave that all to her. Um, <laughs> but I think. I don't know. It, it it could be a tough go, just because St. Louis is one of those teams that I think all the experts and the uh, non-experts uh, have penciled in as a top three for the West division. And I mean, when you look at your roster, that's not exactly a difficult decision to make. So I think it could be a tough, um, a tough time for the sharks tomorrow, especially because St. Louis just got rinsed eight to zero. So they're going to be a little pissed off about that. Having said that, I would have used a different uh, word than rinsed, but go ahead. (laughs) Having said that, um, anything is possible. Um, the sharks and St. Louis, you know, those are always really exciting games, no matter how, many or few times they play each other. So, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another split here just because I think, you know, if the Sharks get clicking, like we saw in the first period against uh, Arizona on Wednesday, if they get clicking, then they can take over a game. Thursday, geez, days. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so, and then, you know, to kind of open it up, how bad will tomorrow in general be? Well, you know what, John, John, it's all about how you make it. Hey, you're like the Walter Mercado of Sharks hockey. When you wake up and you have your toast in the morning, do you put butter or jelly on it? Why can't That's it be what both? It boils down to. Hey, what if it? What if? I, what I if you're, dude, what if your toast was purple? What if your toast was purple? I don't make the rules here. <laughs> oh, we'll see what happens. Uh, does Dubnik get a start in one of these two games? I, I, I would bet yes. No. I would bet yes. Not you. unless Jones. I think if Jones Eyes. if Jones shits like, the bed if Jones shits see? the bed in the first one, Dubnik goes in the second one. Okay, I'll give you that, but I still think, you know, if this was a one A one B kind of situation, that's what would have been said from the from the start. But it's always been said Dubnik is here to push Jones to be better, and so it's not a matter of giving Dubnik starts. It's a matter of saying to Jones, hey, you better be good because we have this guy at the end of the bench who's breathing down your neck. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I think we can just about to wrap this up. But before we do, I have to tell you that we have had some fun talks as of late. Uh, Putt guy Eric Kura spoke with Sharks broadcaster Randy Hahn recently. I spoke with Jonathan Becker about the downtown West development and the impact that that could have on SAP Center. We also did a little... Cool little preview with Brody Brazil, hair, long, flowing Fabio locks and all. Uh, That was a fun little talk we had. Again, talked to Ted Ramey about the new Sharks Audio Network. Uh, You can pick up Ted Ramey's Morning Tide show the day after, or I should say the morning after, every single Sharks game, but by far the best, as always. Drew Ramenda. Drew, I iron everything remind. <laughs> Spoke with him a couple nights ago for about an hour, and it was fantastic. He shared some great stories, his ideas about what the Sharks are going to do this season, and uh, a, a bit more. But let me just give you a little taste of it, and probably my favorite story about him being a coach for the Sharks in the playoffs and being interviewed by Randy Hahn. So this is when I'm assistant coach back in 94, 95. We played Calgary in the playoffs. Yep. Right? 
I used to live in Calgary, worked in Calgary for a long time, assistant coach at University of Calgary, Dinosaurs. They throw the headphone, the headset on me as the celebrations are downstairs. You know, they're trying to get whoever. Okay, I'm just lowly assistant coach. Randy says to me, he goes, <laughs> he goes, Drew, this must be a big thrill for you, being that you're from Calgary and all that, you come back and beat this team. And I went, well, actually, Randy, I lived in Calgary, but I'm not from Calgary. I'm from Saskatoon. And he, and he goes, uh, you can hear him just like, just play along, idiot, right? We, we meet each other after. He goes, Drew, went, yeah, and he goes, nobody gives a fuck where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> so if we take it from Drew, nobody gives a fuck where, where <laughs> nobody gives a fuck where he's from, is what we're saying. <laughs> and, and our buddy Chris, oh, we miss you, man. That was one of the best inter- interviews with him. So yeah, Drew, Drew gave it up the other night. And again, the best part about this is we've talked to Drew about four or five times since the first time he ever joined us on camera, which I think kind of made it a little extra special, especially if you're me <laughs> talking to him. He's just a lot of fun. So with that, I think we can wrap it up nice and tidy. Solid 60 in the books. Rocket, where can they find you on the social media? And what are you looking for in the next four games between now and our next show? All right. <clears throat> Hi, y'all. My name is Rocket Backhand. You can find me hanging out on social media over on the Twitter machine. Nobody Capital R. Are you, are you done? Are you done? Or are you just going to keep doing this to me for the next 90 seconds? I'll throw it over to you right now and just skip the whole damn thing. <laughs> it's fun. Go ahead. For you, it's fun. My name is Rocket Backhander. You can find me hanging out over on Twitter at rbackhander76. That's capital R, capital B, little backhander76 talking about, oh, being a Sharks fan. You know. You know how it is. Uh, over on Instagram, it's Rocket Backhander, one word, all lowercase, just taking dumb pictures of living in the Pacific Northwest. It's kind of a weird spot up here. Uh, what do I expect out of these next four games? Pain. Without love. <laughs> AJ? <sighs> so, Jerk, you going to be streaming these next four on OnlyFans? What's going on? Ooh. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, the location that I'll be streaming these games, I can't say, because there are government agents listening. Um, <laughs> don't, don't use your government name. Of course not. Uh, you can follow me, or you can find me. Look up first name and last name. Uh, no, <laughs> first um, name my last name Yotes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I don't know. I mean, these are especially the two against St. Louis. You know, obviously those St. Louis, as I said earlier, they're a team that everybody is expecting to be top three in the division, and you can you can put me in uh, in that category with everybody. Um, so I think it's going to be tough. I think we'll see a split there. Minnesota, this is one of the teams that the Sharks absolutely have to be better than, the other being Arizona, obviously. Um, so we'll see. It's a big four games. Um, I mean, I would, as a fan, I would love for the Sharks to win all four. But, you know, reality is, is not what we want it to be. Um, so I think even if the Sharks lose all four, as long as they actually, you know, do everything in their power to try and win. I'm I can live with it. But you know, if we start to see a little bit of the behavior that we saw towards the end of the game on Thursday, that's kind of when I'm going to start having issues. So we'll see. Uh, like I said, I'm not predicting a 4-0 sweep of next week. I don't think it'll be 0-4 either. But especially those St. Louis games, big games, big 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 games. You know, so huge, huge as they say. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, M. Meyer 2200, thank you so much for your donation and your kind words. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Drew Remenda. Obviously, always a favorite. The guy should write a book. Yesterday, he should write a book. The only thing I will say that I, I really get a kick out of Drew is there's definitely more than a few times where he's like, did I tell you that story? And I'm like, yeah, you already told me that one. Oh, okay. Well, do you have another one? Oh, sure, sure. Oh, well, would you like to tell that one? Oh, okay. <laughs> He's such a kick in the pants, man. Let me tell you. So, 
AJ underscore strong on all the social media platforms. We thank you so much for joining us for episode 116. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, tell a friend. If you didn't enjoy it, please tell them that this was a different podcast. Sound good? <laughs> I think so. So thanks for watching us. We'll catch you. Well, you know what? We look at the schedule here and we go, oh no, the Sharks play a game on Sunday, next Sunday. We rocking jerk. Should, mm. sh should we take over after dark next Sunday? I'm down. Sure. What time is the game at? Five o'clock. Hmm. Sounds like an interesting idea. You love to see it. <laughs> We're going to have to, I don't know, change up jerk shirt so it says, I don't know, Teal Town Takeover. Feels good. I like Hostile Takeover. There you go. Chris knows. I like it. I like Chris it. knows. So once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. This was episode 116 of the Pucknologist. We will see you all in a week. And enjoy your new president, everyone. Good night. Ben.